<laughs> you didn't count me in. Good morning. I said I'm ready. I, well, I said we're ready. Yeah, welcome to your daily game face. We're we're having a little technical difficulty this morning. Oh, hey. We well actually we aren't. I was you were fine today. Yeah. And you. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to be the problem because I know, and I wasn't two and a half minutes before air, you weren't here. <sighs> yes, I came running in two and a half minutes before yeah. airtime. You said, go quick. And I, I thought I was ready. Room, I got in here, and then we had technical yeah. difficulties. I thought I was ready. Actually, Facebook told me I was ready but and then it, told me I wasn't. But then it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and then you didn't count me in in my head, so then I wasn't really paying attention. So here I am. Yeah, see, this is why you need earbuds or headsets. That, that like keeps you in them. the game. That's, that's what gets you in the game. I, I'm going to stay in my own game, right over here with <laughs> yep. my with my non earbuds and non. I hear you fine. It's good because when I don't want to hear you, I don't have to. <laughs> right, exactly. Don't think I don't know that technique. I thought you love the banter now. Yeah. Everyone out there listening is going to be like, "Oh, Kim's giving it to Lou this morning." Hey. This All is, right. This is my day, twenty four seven. There you go. <laughs> I seem to attract these type of people. <laughs> um, how are you this week? I'm okay. That's good. Nice July Fourth. My favorite holidays. So. Yeah. Yep. Did anyone yell at you for doing something you shouldn't be doing? No. Wow. No. You didn't ruffle actually. any feathers, tick anybody off. Oh, actually, I did. Yes. <laughs> See, I. I, <laughs> I can't go into it, but okay. I, but uh, yes, I did. I figured I couldn't imagine that you made it through the whole time without something happening. Yes. No. The, there was a post I got a little blowback on. But, oh. Yeah. Oh, I saw that post. No, you didn't. Oh, I thought I did. No, this was... Oh, something else? I saw a couple of your posts. Anyway. Yeah. No, those are fine. This, okay. this was internal I and figured I, totally oh, unreasonable. Oh, I figured that you were, you know, getting yourself in trouble with something. No. So anyway. Oh, well, no more than is, usual. What a great segue for everyone. Good morning to everyone, as <laughs> Lou and I have our little banter of two minutes this morning. Yep. Um, it's. I thought we'd talk today about uh, positive attitudes and how it gets a bad rap because it's got that Nike slogan, not to, you know, Ugh. diss on Nike, but it's got that Nike slogan of like, just do it. And a whole bunch of people, as I always Nike say, I get feedback from week to week on what to talk about and what mm -hmm. people are interested in. And lots of great feedback last week and sort of people wanted to talk about more about the animal-human bond and things like that, but also really how to communicate with people yep. in general and how the shift of communication these days has moved. Mm -hmm. And there's a tendency to have a more negative attitude, even though I think coming from the background I come from, I think people often have a negative attitude and they cover it and filter it well sometimes. Yeah. Um, just given the circumstances in the world right now, I think that people have a, a more negative attitude. As as you know, when we're off air, we have some interesting conversations. Yes. Um, so, but just the, what positive attitude really means and taking out of the cliche realm of what everyone thinks of is just kind of that, you know, Pollyanna, yeah. you know, ch you know, cheeky, silly kind of like thing. And, you know, that people say when you hear that, oh, you know, positive thoughts and thinking can't just get you out of it. Right. Because that's true. They right. can't. So there's like components of that and people needing to understand like where they sort of are in that to, mm -hmm. to evaluate themselves and take it more seriously and not just think that it's a foregone conclusion that they're always negative and miserable and unhappy and then they communicate that way as well. Right. It's a choice. Yeah. So it's like a positive attitude combined with choice equals outcome. Yes. I know. Oh, you, wow. You didn't have to stare at me. Okay. No. So, so the, I will so, say this, this gets down to the fundamental psychological game, isn't it? Yes. The fundamental psychological game, and you can tell me where I'm wrong in this, but I will. the fundamental game you play every day 
is attenuating your focus. Yes. That's everything. That's yes. absolutely everything because you're getting stimulus, all kinds of stimulus. A thousand percent of the time, you're getting overwhelmed with stimulus. What you choose to focus on is going to determine your outcome. Yes. Yeah. Right. And and I think that the, I mean, the first aspect of, of just talking about being, pro so I use, I don't use the word positive. I use productive. Yeah. So if you're talking about choice, productivity in your choice, you're choosing something to pick out of your stimulus field to focus on. Yep. Now it could be something negative. It could be something positive. And there's people that are more prone to going towards the negative things. And there's people that are more prone to going towards a positive based on a lifetime of choices, even if it's 15 years or 40 years or 70 years, right. there, there's a lifetime of accumulation of way of being about handling things perceptively. And, you know, you train that way, you get your mind in that gear. We've talked about it many times. Mm -hmm. And then being able to make a choice around that. And how do you retrain your brain to be more productive in your thinking so that you selective out the choices that are going to be more in your favor or you pay attention to... Um, Taking, it's not, you know, positivity isn't about taking only positive things and being like, yay, like a cheerleader. It's right. actually taking your negative and your positive stuff that you have in your life or around you and balancing it and integrating it. So you're giving balance to both sides and then weighing out what really needs to be focused on or chosen to, to act on in a good way. Yeah. Um, and that's a choice. And people, when they say, oh, you know, that doesn't work, it can't happen, it's not in the cards for me, that's not how my life works. Well, that's not true. It's the accumulation of what has been your experience to this point because of choices you've made to act on in a certain way, or you've been taught, or you've been mm -hmm. observing of how to be, because that's all learned behavior. That's not something genetically given to you. You've, you've learned to socialize, right. famili familialize, not familiarize, but familial, you know, it's all family, right. um, coaches, friends, parents, peers, all that stuff to make you choose ways of being. So when you have a really negative person in your life, person that really focuses on the negative all the time, right. all the time, all the time. I mean, that's because they've been trained into that and it takes a huge amount of awareness. You know, go back to mindfulness conversation of a few weeks ago, huge amount of awareness to center in, in the moment and be present right. to know that you're doing it because it's just second nature to you. It's just, what do you mean I'm negative? What do you mean that's, you know, I'm doing the best I can. And well, you're doing the fantastic job at being exactly who you are. <laughs> yeah, right. I, going back to your point about productivity, calling yeah. it productivity. Yeah. Once you become aware of this and once you start practicing this, the thing that will drive you the most nuts is you watch people waste time on things they can't control. Right. Right. Absolutely. It just the, there's negativity that is based on stuff you can control. And there's negativity based on stuff you can't control, how much energy you give to it, how much time you give to it, how much it drags you down. And you just watch people just wasting their time. And it's right. frustrating. And, and, and the so interesting, I think, is that when people go towards that, for example, to go towards the negative and just waste their time on that, mm -hmm. it's because that's what they've known. And, yep. you know, and when you really break it down and you look at the intricacies of what people really know, it's because they get they get a, 
a benefit, even though that sounds so weird, there's a benefit because there's a rush in the negativity. There's a, there's an adrenaline rush, there's an endorphin rush. There's all kinds of chemicals in the brain that get charged up. Like we were talking about last week, they get charged up around the chaos of right. the mind and the experience and the situation they're in in that moment to reinforce it, to keep happening. So people will automatically go right to that because it's what they know over yep. and over and again. And then it makes it feel like there is no other choice. So if you have someone, for example, in addiction, great, I think this is one of the best ways to look at that. When you see someone that's in addiction, oftentimes when they're full-blown addiction, they will say, there are no alternatives. There right. is no other choice. Because the first aspect of generating a productive attitude is hope. Mm -hmm. So they don't have the hope in their mind. They might have a little bit. It's kind of back in the recesses of their mind. But they ha but hope generating a sense of there's another alternative or two or three. Right. Most people don't see that. They go with what they know. Now, there's great cases for go with what you know with, you know. Plus, that's self-protection, isn't it? Absolutely. It's a because, defense mechanism because, because you, that's what they know. If you have positive alternatives and you don't take them, that's on you. That's accepting responsibility. Right. Yeah. Right. So so that piece and also many times when, when I work with people in, like, addiction, they don't know how. And, and I've come to know this over the years because, you, you know, many people say, oh, that's not true. That can't possibly be. People don't know how to generate an alternative idea because they think that they've tapped out all their ideas. Right. And they actually haven't. There's so many things out there to be tried or had. But when you come from an environment, so if you think of, you know, if you're if you're watching me today, you can see the visual. Like you, if you're in the mindset of an addict in that's full blown, they're in a very narrow scope. And to get someone out of addiction, depression, anxiety, uh, complacency, unmotivated laziness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, someone that sits on the couch all the time or sits at their, you know, office desk and never does anything, right? To get them out of that, it's about opening that vortex into a wider tunnel, funnel, whatever you want to call it. So there is an allowance for the hope to come through and not in the cliche sense either. It's it's generating alternatives. So we'll, we'll, we'll liken hope to having multiple more alternatives than um, sitting on the couch eating right. uh, bag of chips, ice cream, you know, pickles, donuts, whatever, versus keep on shooting heroin or keep on taking extra Percocets or whatever it is or drinking. Right. It's it's about going, okay, there's an alternative to this or five, and what are they? But people don't know that there's alternatives. They know intellectually, but they don't know how to generate the aspect of how to get there. Right. So if we don't look at someone that has a pathology like addiction or I'll call it unmotivated laziness, <laughs> that's the new pathology. It's not yep. going to make the DSM, but, you know, there's a lot of people out there right now that keep talking about the COVID-15 because people yep. become very unmotivated and lazy. Um, it's because they haven't generated the ideas of how to get out of there because they think it's only one or two. You know, they're stuck right. with what they know. I mean, there's many people that still won't go outside. And I am finding that some of the people that won't go outside that are that are finally coming out a little bit. It's more that they've become complacent, not because they're afraid. It's because it's like, oh, well, this has become now easy. Yeah. And it's the same thing with addiction. It's the same thing with not exercising. It's, just, it's, it's become you're compliant and complicit with the, the rules you've made for yourself versus what the alternatives are. So right. you're, not, you're losing out on generating your own hope because you're choosing one thing versus many. Right. Does it make sense? Yes. Yeah. So and having that, just the fact of having that choice, even if it's a negative choice 
is attractive to some people. Exactly. They have some control over something. Right. And and people are very invested, again, counter to what you would think, people are very invested in saying, I don't have any control over that, so I can't do anything about it. Hmm. But when you, you know, in my business, when I generate ideas and alternatives, and that's part of the cognitive behavioral process of therapy, when I generate an idea or an alternative for someone or a couple of them, it's 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 like a door opening and it's interesting to see who will walk through and actually right. do it versus people who are really wed to their negative mindset of this is what works this is what knows even though i'm in pain so in in clinical psychology and in what what i do um i have a term for that and i think other colleagues there was a great article written back in i think the early 80s on this but we call people that do that and it's not to label them but it's kind of a, an understanding of their way of being it's called a help rejecting complainer Help rejecting, okay. Yeah, yep. so a help rejecting complainer Pretty is on the someone nose. <laughs> who wants your help, yep. asks for it, you give them advice loosely, and you know, you give them suggestions, alternatives, ideas, get them to, right? Then send them on their way, and they come back and they say, I tried it, it didn't work, and now I'm going to complain it's your fault. Yep. Right? Help rejecting complainer. They want your help, they get your help, they go and don't try, but they say they try, then they come back and tell you how it doesn't work to complain about it yet again. Right. So it's that vicious so because it's not generating hope. It's not it's not generating any energy behind it because people are very wed to what they know. Yes. And they so. like being smarter than everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I told you it wasn't gonna work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, I told you it yeah. didn't work. It's nothing's gonna work. Nothing has helped me. I've tried, I've tried, and nothing's helped me. And my answer to that is always you didn't try long enough, you didn't try hard enough. And that goes to the sport thing of you know, well, how is it to, how do you measure hard enough? Well, one effort versus a hundred efforts. So hard enough is you, you tried yeah. it once and it didn't work. I did the breathing technique for 10 seconds and it didn't work. So I gave up. Right. Well, then you got, you know, and I don't have, I don't. Or I tried it. I knew it wasn't going to work, but I tried it anyway. Right. It's okay. Right. Well, okay. You didn't right. really. So you self-sabotage. Right you didn't give it a gate. chance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, um, it ties into that next, you know, the, so you, you take away your hope which takes down your, your efficacy. So for people that don't know what efficacy means in psychology, it's your, your, your self-belief. You know, you, if you don't have the hope right. and you fake that you have hope and then your belief in yourself drops off because you're like, oh, see, I told you it wouldn't work. Well, there we go. And we're, we're right down the halfway down the chute of, of the negative attitude spin because without the hope and without the self-belief that you can do it or you can change, now we're halfway to like you know depression, anxiety, you know addiction, mm -hmm. misery, complacency, complicitness in one's unmotivated laziness. Yeah, but like drugs, you brought up addiction and drugs, and remember the old Nancy Reagan just say no. Yes. Uh, this is part of this is where you begin this process. In my mind, I had a conversation with someone yesterday. Yes. Where they were, he was taking his dogs to the vet, and he was upset because the vet. This was a drive-up thing for the vet. Yeah. They're going to come out and get the dog and bring him because he's terrified of the vet. This is going to be a horrible experience. Why can't I go in? I said, you know why? And he said, no, I don't. Why? It's COVID. He goes, well, that's dumb. I can go to see my doctor. I can go get groceries. And it's, it, it's just the re That's just the way it is. Right. It doesn't have to make any sense. It right. doesn't make any sense. I don't agree with it, but it's what we're living with right now. And we spent literally 40 minutes on this. And it's like, why did I just give 40 minutes my, me i'm thinking why did i just give 40 minutes of my life to this negative energy that's the way it is just well, go drop it, the dog off 
but I or would delay your you appointment. Your time also to help educate because that's who you are. You're trying to like impart the information to build to build against the hope uh, to build against the help rejecting person that's doing that. Like they they knew. I can't imagine that you were talking to someone that didn't really know or understand. Yeah. But you had to, you know, and you did. You will never get that forty minutes back yeah. in your life. Yeah, and it's like why, why I put energy in it and I regretted it. The, the whole conversation. Yeah. They put energy in it, and how, why would you put that energy in? Nothing's going to change. You, you only have a couple alternatives here. Delay the vet visit but until would, hopefully things get better or deal with it. When you have someone that's talking to you, like I'm imagining the scenario, right, because I've seen that scenario so many times in front of me, both professional and personal, is that when people are invested in their negative mindset and their attitude, there there's a, there's a charge. There's a... For, yeah. There's an orgasmic feeling sometimes yeah. for people in the negative, the chat back and forth, because it's reinforcing to them just that, not that they're getting anywhere with it, but that someone will engage in the conversation in a way that makes them feel good, even though it doesn't change them well, because they're yeah. still wed to the other thing. It sounded more universal. It sounded more, this is stupid. I'm smarter. This is stupid. And it's like, okay, yeah, we all understand, but this is what we have to deal well, with. Well, and it's very, fr it's very, fr so the stupid, so I can relate. I wasn't in his situation, but I, so I have been visiting the vet in the past since last Thursday. I have spent 11 hours waiting outside wow. of veterinary hospitals. Yeah. With two different separate issues, and uh, and outside you did outside, not go in. This was drive up inside. service. Yeah. Nope, drive up, drop off. You know the whole thing. Um, did go, did get to go home at one point because it was going to be a long wait, longer. So I didn't. That was five hours. I didn't have to wait. That didn't count in the eleven hours that I wow. waited. Yeah. Um, so, but it's it's that it's that mindset of I don't have any control over this, and this is what it is. And if I want to get what I need out of the service then this is what it is and not getting into the not to say that i didn't get frustrated at times because the lack of communication yep. well you know you're waiting all that time and no one's communicating to you and you're like wondering what's going on here yeah um but it's it's that you know how do you take the negative aspect of you're restricted from knowing what's going on you're not inside the spot you don't get to have access to any of the people that are actually working with your family member your loved one wherever you are and, and whether it's an animal or person you don't have that access even in hospitals for humans right now you, right unless unless you're dying yep or unless something is like really bad they're not letting people in with you so i had a friend who had to drop off his wife at curbside for a for yep. a procedure yep i mean it wasn't a big procedure but he couldn't even go in that's right it's like wow right because and and so yeah and that's what it, it goes back to that mindset shift of saying you're taking the negative situation and a positive you and you're combining them to integrate like what makes sense so that i don't get myself all worked up you know people that live in the negative mindset will do the 40-minute conversation about how terrible awful it is because it it regenerates that negative it's just that re yeah. regeneration over and over and over again you know in my business i i get you know, I sit with people that do that because that's where they are. And my job is to help get them past that to do what we're saying today. But in like scenarios of social stuff, maybe that's important for listeners to say, you don't have to, you know, do that for 40 minutes. You can just say it is what it is. Yeah. And, you know, so you don't waste 40 minutes well, of I your try, time. I, I made the mistake of trying to offer a positive and then right. that got shut down. Of course. It's help like, rejecting well, complainer. Yeah. Well, I mean, the you know, the dog is more territorial around you if they just take him alone he might have a better experience exactly. in the vet than having you around and oh and, no that's not going to happen and it's like okay right 
Right. Well, and we're just going to deal with it. But you were also taking away the, his sense of control, your friend's yeah. sense, or whoever it was, the sense of control that they had over the fact that they knew their dog and all that. And, yeah. and by and large, if we know animals, which animal behavior is just like children and, and people, when you, when you split everybody apart and you move them into new scenarios where they have to be complicit in a good way right. to the situation to get their assistance or help, the, the behavior changes. So the likelihood is the dog was probably better for them without him there because yeah, we'll see it's another week but we'll see <laughs> but it, well, better it's, behaved better anxiety wise but there's a certain point where i would do the same thing and you know obviously now with a lot of this covid stuff i get these frustrations but i try to be aware enough to say all right i'm not going to churn on this for the next 10 minutes right you know i just it's the way it is let's just you know let's go on to something i can control exactly yeah Exactly. And, but it's, it's getting to that space in your head to be able to do that yeah. versus sitting in the negative. So at two o'clock in the morning, last Friday morning, when I was sitting at the outside the oh, this was two in the morning. hospital, oh, God. yes, yeah. I started at 10 yeah. and at two, especially at 1149, they told me that he was ready to go. Oh, and God. at two, I was still waiting. I had a moment of that this is insane. This is ridiculous. This is really agitating. And, but I had, to, but if you're trained to, you've trained yourself to be mindful that, okay, you're frustrated. It's like that, those fleeting waves and moments of being able to say, all right, there's nothing I can do about it. And you just start adjusting. That's what it's about. It's about adjusting. Yeah. That's it, a little different though. It, it Well, it's hard. To me, it's different because a phone call, it's going to be another hour. Go get a Dunkin' Donuts or something. Right. You know, that would have been a very useful phone call and wouldn't have taken much. Right. You know. Exactly. But that will. So there's the. So there's the point. Even when we talk about any of the scenarios, is is there communication happening between people? For instance, when you're talking about a positive or negative interaction with someone, right. is there something that's happening that's giving you communication that gives you some sense of control for yourself or information enough for you to act on so that you can build some sense of hope about the situation. Right. You can build some self belief around that you have control. Which then builds the, the you know. Well, it so, actually does give you options and a, and a choice, which is control. Yes. Yeah. That, and that's well, all a lot of people need. They just want some ability to control the situation. It, well, and, and so there's a difference. I mean, jumping ahead a little bit, but that's fine, is that between the difference between a positive or productive mindset versus a negative mindset is that is when people have a negative mindset, if you really strip it all away, it's about the sense of giving up control, believing you don't have control, having no ability to have any positive thought process to generate an alternative. Like it's all about external, 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 not taking anything on to own it yep. and not having the ability to shift it. But Or it's not that someone doesn't have the ability, they just don't know how. Everybody has the ability is whether or not they have the tools, skills, patience, time, and want. Right real true want you know the will to push it forward to do that um and and then when you have the productive mindset it's about so it's it's the hope with the self-belief the efficacy with resilience that so builds your resilience to negative stimulus as we started the show yeah. and then and then ending with you know just like a much bigger sense of um um, optimism. So there's, you know, Martin Seligman is a famous, famous researcher, psychologist, theorist, and people have written books, read his books, I'm sure, but learned helplessness versus learned optimism. So he's famous for that whole piece and, and understanding how people come to behave in a 
um, negative mindset versus a positive productive mindset. And, you know, he's, he's responsible for the, the rat study where you, he, the rat was in the shuttle box and had a, you know, would, would a, would a rat learn helplessness because they would time out because they wouldn't get what they needed when they were shuttling back and forth and unfortunately doing electric shocks on that. Yeah. And they don't do that anymore. Um, versus learned optimism that people can learn how to have hope which brings up their self-efficacy, self-belief, and then become more resilient to negative stimulus, which then results in optimism. So if you notice there, I have a little acronym, like I like my HALT, right? My hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Yeah. So yeah. so for positive mindset, it's it's hero. So you have hope, efficacy, resiliency, optimism. Mm -hmm. So if you have hope, so you generate hope, you be, have self-belief that comes up, your resiliency to negative stimuli gets better. Therefore, the optimism comes in and it all of a sudden will change the behavior. But that, that hero acronym takes a lot of time. You, you come from, yeah. you know, zero. Right. I don't know what the Z is, but we'll figure that out. But you come from zero or you come from a depleted place or a complicit, complacent place to, oh, my gosh, I have resiliency. I have something here to look forward to. And even if I don't have, you know everything in place i have something where right. people come from that glass half empty glass half full you know fill up your cup let it deplete fill it. can you do it yourself or are you waiting for someone else to do it for you yeah all those little metaphors come in and they're actually truisms and the more the more i did the work with um addiction over the years and people in addiction the more and more i you know all the aa sayings man there's a lot of there's so much truth to the backing of those and you don't you know they're all right. great sayings and you know it's like one step at a time yeah, that's true. It's it's literally one step at a time for everything in life. You don't need to have yeah. addiction to just be our baby steps concept. To, yeah, concept. it's a baby yeah. step, and and being able to really function on a on a level of, you know, what are your what are your issues, and how do you then manage around them, and then look at them and take the little grains of good stuff out, and then, you know, try to be mindful and not be out of control in your head. People get so overwhelmed so quickly with the negative, and then make poor decisions, become impulsive. Um, you know, yep. an, an unfortunate, you know, demise of their own on their own thought process because they just let it take over. Yeah. You hit on something uh, a couple minutes ago. You talked about um, uh, looking for somebody else, looking mm. for results from somebody else. And we've talked about it on the show a couple of times and doing this other podcast with a guy who's talking about the Gita, which is probably the earliest blueprint of mindfulness yes there's a lot of stuff yes. going on there and yes. at this time the chapters we're going through now is talking about how um it's about the difference between external seeking seeking something externally is seeking something internally yes and how the seeking externally is never satisfied it's you spend a lot of time wanting it then you get it then you're worried about losing it then or you want it again there's nothing satisfactory there. It's very restless. It's relentless. It keeps going. Right. Whereas internally, and I've, I've kind of termed it as, it's a difference between pleasure-seeking and peace-seeking. Right. Right? Or right. happiness-seeking. Right. Difference between pleasure and happiness. When you're looking, it's very difficult to go through life looking for an external um, source of positivity, whether right. it be a person, whether it be a place, whether it be a thing. Right. It's a very difficult position to be in because you're never satisfied. Well, because, right, and so when you're, you know, there was, I had so many things just run through my head about yep. that. So, like, when, so addiction again, so you have, uh, you're seeking external. Uh, addiction is the 
supposed to child for. Right. So yeah. you're st- you're seeking an external to superficially, and I use that, I think, right on the money on that, is superficially to take care of an internal issue that really needs much more peace-seeking, not pleasure-seeking, and that's what that fulfills. Right. You know, alcohol and drugs fulfill externally very briefly the surface level of the issue that's going on internally to make the cup go half full, but it always depletes because they're not actually doing the peace-seeking. You're yeah. not getting the peace-seeking information externally to get in deep enough because everything that's used in addiction or, every, you know, food, there's, you know, food. Yeah, whatever I mean, your fix is, whatever your fix is, you seek the fix. Yes. Then you get the fix, and all you worry about is the next fix. The next fix. And that fix has a diminished return every right. time. It's right. less and less effective for you. Right. And that's applicable to everything. I mean, we're talking about it in drugs, but you talked about food, whatever it is. Yeah, it's, it's anything that reinforces that, is, right. it, that reinforces that pattern of, of the pleasure that someone gets to get it sort of just modified for the moment but then it's really not doing anything to fix the in you know it's you know the person's not doing the work right they're finding a band-aid band-aid on a heart attack right so you know and and then when they rip it off every time it's just you know you're i call it leaking out you're leaking out everywhere and then you're doing your little quick fix you know and and i think most people can relate that you know i mean we have such a problem with obesity and people who self-soothe with eating so people can really relate to this when you're you know just eating out of angry lonely tired and not out of hunger which many people are, then you're in that pattern that you're talking about, which right. is not a productive attitude. It's not a positive attitude. It's just you're thinking from one moment to the next to the next of how do you get the fill. Like, you know, and it's what, not peaceful and it's not satisfying. No, it's, it, it doesn't bring you peace. Right. And it's satisfying very briefly. You know, yeah. the, 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 it's not one piece of bread. It's the whole loaf of bread. It's dipping in, in all the sauce and the, you know, the cheese and the butter. And then, you know, right. and then, okay. And then, you know, an hour later, then one. Oh, now we're gonna have popcorn and ice cream, and then an hour like, and and then we're thinking already what's coming for breakfast and what's coming for snack. And people think like that because yeah. it's they're looking for the external to fill, always the superficial need instead of looking at why am I doing this or or people get really you know unfortunate with you know medical model you know the straight general medical model of of our country, um, in Western world is that you go for you know the quick fix. Yeah. So, you know, okay, so what do we do? Well, we'll medicate that and we'll medicate that and we'll medicate that and medicate that. And then people, so the people's behavior doesn't change. And we do it with children. We start, yeah. We're, we're a couple generations into doing it with children. If they have attention issues, if they have anxiety issues, instead of giving them the tools to deal with that, right. you medicate them. They right. never develop the tools to deal with that. Right. And, and that's, and so in my practice, that's the thing I do is I don't, I, that's, medication is always the last resort. Last resort, yeah. It's always, there's a very specific protocol I put in place that's, that I do with like attentionally deficited people. Mm-hmm. And it's about, you know, doing very specific patterns of things and, and not relying on medication because, you know, people are very quick to go to, I'll take that, that, and that, and then I don't have to do any of the work. The right. problem's still there, but now you're taking four medications for each of the, th- the first thing, then the symptoms to relieve the other thing, then the symptoms to relieve the thing that you're taking the other two things for, and now we still have the problem. So, you know, we still have addiction. So you, and f- this is a downside of, like, the medical um, assist, you know, treatment model. You, know, the, the, you, you take, take methadone, take suboxone. You have a heroin addict. You give them a replacement legalized 
right <laughs> you're still not you're you're still high right right you, you know you you have someone who's obese and is eating all the time and is is then going to go on a points diet well you can have 30 points a day but if there's oreos and there's <laughs> they're still <laughs> yeah they're 30 points but they're still oreos i mean yep. you're still you're replacing with something that's still not good for that to build the pot to build the productive attitude to move forward to get control over your environment so what you were saying about having the control over your environment and really having sense of self-control that's a foreign concept to so many people because in their mind they think it's outside of them right and the internal lo the internal locus of control or focus of control Ooh, we finally got to the internal locus locus I, I like well, it. Yeah. well that in psychology we call yeah. it locus of control yes it's that focus internally yeah. to be able to say i own this and people would have to look at how you know gee if i didn't eat all of that then i wouldn't have diabetes i wouldn't have this i wouldn't have that maybe i should change that behavior Oh, but forget it. I'm on a medication. Well, yeah, you're on medication, and then you're on another medication, and you're on another medication, and and you didn't think that maybe losing 100 pounds might help you, or doing yeah. a little exercise here and there a little bit more, or it's you know. But that that's again seeking external. Even when you're seeking the solution externally, whether it be a pill, that's 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 seeding control. Right. And when you should be doing the exact opposite, you should be gain, gaining the control where you can. And, right. And, and sometimes that is baby steps, and it takes a while, and it is work. And people don't have patience for that. Yeah. Because when you take a pill, or you take, you know, you take insulin, you take a pill, you take, you know, a pre-diabetic, you know, I'm, I'm trying to relate to people that have, like, more of the weight issues going on, the eating yeah. things. You know, you take that, there's instant gratification right there because it has a... I call it the false sense of security because, yep. yeah, it's it's giving you a sense of balance, but you're not doing it. Right. You're still eating ice cream and cake and bread and pasta and all that stuff, but the medication is going to keep you regulated. But it's still doing – your cortisol is still dumping. Your pancreas is still under pressure. Yep. You haven't changed anything because why? Still straining the system. Because it's so much yep. easier, yep. easier to get the quick fix out of the bottle of whatever you're taking versus just, you know – the extra time to put in because, you know, it, we're instant gratification. We want now, now, now. And and it, it, we're trained to do that. It's like, well, why bother putting in that? And and people aren't patient enough to wait for that positive outcome of two weeks of exercise or two weeks of taking out carbs that aren't good for you or processed sugars or you know, you know, alcohol and drug addiction is a little bit different. It's the same thing in, pro in process. But, you know, when you have alcohol and drugs, you go through withdrawal in a different way and things like that. But still not needing to replace it with like yeah. a medical assist of something that needs to, you know, take its place so that you can get off of one to be on another. I mean, I have clients that are notoriously coming to me saying, okay, I'm not using any drugs anymore. And I get their medication list and they're on replacement drugs for yep. the thing that wasn't legal that they're now using. And I'm like, we're still, you know, we call it dirty. We're still dirty. You're yep. still dirty. You're not clean. And, you know, and, and that's okay, but we need to work on not being on that because but but too often those drugs are replacement drugs and usually they weaned off and as a time frame. Well, that's but not a lot of people not all yeah not a lot of people are following through on that. Well, so the, like so for instance you know like methadone, suboxone, the the origination and it would be very positive if people the, accepted it on that level. Well, the origination of those yeah. drugs and like suboxone specifically because that's more um, right. recent. But you know in the past twenty years like that's only supposed to be used for two to. Three weeks tops over short, weeks, 
weeks. Oh wow! Okay. And that it's supposed to just replay. That was originally what the original all the research. It was just a, is you know to just kind of get a person to away from the drugs. You know they were using opiates out. You know and then bring it down and then taper off really quickly. I'd have given them a year. Well, now weeks, I have I have yeah. I have two clients that have been on Suboxone for the past sixteen years. Yeah, I see. Yeah. And that's a problem. And you know and and. It, and it's a lesser it's problem legalized but, heroin yeah, so the yeah. the productive attitude in their head i mean i'm countering the productivity in their head all the time of they're doing all the things so they're doing all the things they ask exercise eating clean doing all the right things however they're skinny as a rail because they're on legalized heroin mm -hmm. right and they have gastrointestinal issues we've had a couple scares with cancer because we didn't have a long-term enough w working knowledge on suboxone at the time when it really came right. out for all the long-term effects and you know my colleagues and i we all watch and go well all of our clients that are currently on these long term we're seeing the same fallout of right. of of things that are happening you know hair loss um, graying or like things that are just not typically yeah. in these particular family m members genetic yeah. history that you can likely correlate you know we d we didn't do I didn't do any scientific studies on it but I anecdotally am seeing yeah. the same thing fall out over and over like it, the it's same funny problems. they're participating in a clinical trial without knowing it right you know, taking suboxone out a decade or more right yeah. and so so it's but it's it goes to the same thing of how do you have a productive attitude when you're relying on an external to do the work for you yeah and so you don't have you don't have a sense of self-efficacy so how do you build hope which builds your own resiliency to get optimistic because you're reliant on an outside thing you know just like therapy could be considered a crutch as well you know people you know i have long-term people sure. with me and it's really important to not it's important to address the codependency issue because this our culture is very codependent in the in the negative attitude spin of I'll get connected in and use therapy as my replacement. So I have many conversations with clients about, you know, that that are long term with me of like, you know, if I walk away for vacation, how are you going to do with that? And, you yeah. know, and, and making sure that people understand that they don't want to substitute therapy then for another. So are psychologists legally time limited? No, no, you can go. You can go with a client for. However many years they want to go? Well, because you have many people. Was it ever the case? I have the impression. You what? I had the impression there was a time limit. Was there ever a well, case? Well, there's a time when... limit in, ter in terms of the fact that if you have nothing more to work on and things have been resolved and there's nothing else out there, then right. it's not ethical and moral, obviously, to continue on and just keep right. seeing someone, right? Yep. So those clients do, you know, end the client, you know, and they move on and they might come back, you know, for maintenance here and there every couple of years. But then there's many long-term right. people that are more like life coaching, much more vocation, you know, like they do more long-term people with like chronic depression, chronic anxiety, chronic bipolar, um, schizophrenia. So things that are much more um, deeply rooted, not things like adjustment disorder, you know, someone getting married, getting, you know, that's more like eight sessions, 10 right. sessions. But by and large, but those are those are people that pick up um, short, like they do short term therapy, and they advertise for you know I'm I'm four weeks, eight weeks at a time kind yep. of thing. Um, most most psychologists and psychiatrists see people forever. Yeah. And then if you were Freudian, like the traditional psychoanalyst, I mean, you I have colleagues that are traditional psychoanalysts that see people two, three, four times a week. Wow. 
cash. Yeah, wow. <laughs> the wrong business, right? <laughs> and and they see them for years. Yeah. Years. Wow. You know, my longest client ended started with me when he was seventy, and he passed away uh, two years ago, and he was with me for twenty years. Yep. And before me, he'd been with one psychiatrist that had de- it was deceased. He predeceased my client, and he'd been with him for forty. Oh wow! And he was a psychoanalyst, so he'd been seeing him every. I only saw him once a week, but this this guy had seen him for, you know. It, so it's just it's dependent on the type of therapy you practice. It's, it, right. You know, it depends on you know the problem that's presenting and what's going on and how much you have to follow along and so on and so forth. But so but people mostly will stay for a pretty significant al- amount of time and then they'll utilize it as maintenance you know kids go off to college i have kids that go off to college every year and then i'll see them until they're yeah. done with college and then they're off on their own kind of thing i've done with three different therapists uh-huh. over a number of years I've, I've been out over a year now year and a half now but um for me it was mostly processing assists just mm-hmm. sit down talk you know if whatever i'm working on at the time you know, just check me on this because right. I tend to get, I can get very internal and very echoey, you know? Right. My, my thought process can be very internal. I think a lot of people internal. use that. It's, it's a way to, you know, keeping with the theme of like getting, keeping yourself productive. Yeah. Like, are you staying in the, in the yeah. correct positive mindset for yourself? And, and it's a, it's a, you know, it's like, I start off with a lot of people as like, I'm their psychologist. And then I end up being more like their consultant and life coach in a lot of ways, because yeah. it's the check-ins of, yeah. you think I'm on, on right, the right yeah. spot here. It's, it's more that yeah. for most people in my practice. Cause I don't take on when I first started practice, you know, I had much more of the chronically ill organic patients that were, you right. know, hospitalizations, all that. I'm much more, you know, obviously sports. So I have that yep. and, and that's, you know, very transient and long-term, right? Sure. And then, and then regular, uh, regular clients who are with me, like most people in psychology, they're with you for a long period of time because they utilize you as a guide. And a lot of times the unresolved issues, um, come back because they weren't fully gotten i mean i have clients that tell me stuff four four years in all of a sudden something that really would have helped a year the first year (laughs) and you're like huh that would explain that and it's only because it it happened out and they're like oh i didn't think that was really important and it's like huge so you know people kind of go through the movement of how they're growing and you couldn't get some people to get where they need to be without having that productive um environment you know it's a corrective emotional experience for a lot of people therapy it's like a parenting environment that's really healthy where you're reparenting a lot of behavior thoughts feelings to get in a better space so the person can go out and be productive and then they do trial and error trial and error and then come back and and get you know um regroup you know re-motivated and do it again so um for me it was processing a lot of external relationships it was sort of why did i get the reaction i got when i did this right why do you think because right. I can't figure out, or why did I react that way when I got that input? input? Right. Yeah. You know? So it's communication patterns. Yeah. And 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 whether it's nonverbal, verbal, and how how are you productively managing your relationships? Yeah. Because people and, don't think like me. This is this right. is what I've established over the course right. of my life. People don't think like me. Right. So I have I struggle with it sometimes. And I and, but that's that's a really common like in my practice. I have someone I've been seeing for a long, long time, and that's he. He, he has not become resolved in this. And we, we talk about it and we joke about the fact that he'll often come out now and be like, well, that's because I think people think like me. Yeah. And that's his sticking point is that although we've made progress in it and it's, he's, you can tell that he's moved on it, when he gets stuck, it's, it comes back to the fact that he goes right back to, 
yeah, but I don't understand why people don't think like me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm well, like, because they don't. And he gets really frustrated, and then he gets in well, self-sabotage it, it, It's mode. the same thought, but for me, it's I don't understand why they think like that. Right. Why Why did I get that reaction? Right. Where, where did that come from? What was the thought process that led to that reaction? Right. Yeah. And, and, being able, and being able to step inside or step outside of yourself and be empathetic to see that maybe... You know, someone else would have a different idea, which blows people's minds is that self-confirming and self-verification bias is like, if I think like this, you must think like that. Yeah. You know, and that's and that kind of goes along with the whole parenting piece of like the negative parenting mindset. You know, kids get raised with a lot of times of like, you know, they're trained to think like their moms and dads. And then when they step out and start realizing, oh, I that's not how I think that's not the way I would think of it. You know, healthy parenting will allow that, that, you know, here's that vortex again that gets the yep. wide tunnel versus an unhealthy parenting style that gives the very tunnel vision of weight. You know, it's the, it's the codependent hold yeah. on it of you, you can't think like that. You know, why, you know. No, I went opposite. I didn't. Yeah, there's two ways to go with sure. your parenting relationship. You exactly. can go along with the parents, you can go opposite. And yes, I'm, I'm an opposite kid. Right. Yeah. And, and many and, and many people, go, you know, I mean, many people do go that way. Yeah. I happen to see a lot of people that will kind of go, can't get away from the codependent right. crossovers probably because I just see a lot of people in addiction and, and people in sports that have codependency yep. issues. So it's more in my wheelhouse. Um, but certainly people can go the other way. And I do see that sometimes. But it's it's definitely that, you know it's the mindset that gets created around you to go, okay, now, now what do I do with that? You know? And I mean, you can see it as a loose example, you know, you see kids say things like, you know, oh, I don't like this particular political person. And, and you say, why? Because my mom and dad don't like, you know, so it's yeah. that, it's that, you know, I use that as the example of because right. they don't have the ability to move out or they are not taught to be able to move into the productive area of utilizing the, yeah. triangulating their thoughts yeah. because they're trained to... Or self. more subtly, they're just getting that negative input about that political person. Right. And it's, so it's not necessarily intentional. It's, it's not necessarily direct. It's right. just it's that's, their, it's that's your environment. It's in their purview yeah. of what yeah. that little, you know, that little um, microcosm or their ecosystem of their family is, and they're not given the tunnel to get out. They're just kept right in the very narrow tunnel that's very dark for yeah. a lot of times. And, and that's like with anything. You can take that with people who have depression or people who have really bad anxiety or even, you know, is that they're like stuck in a tunnel with no light at either yeah. end because their mindset is so unproductive that they're stuck. So I might take the position. Yes. I'm not sure. I'm working this through. I'm processing it as we're doing You're this. Processing it. Yeah. You I, don't need therapy anymore. You come to me every week. That's right. <laughs> on air here we go i got a show with a psychiatrist and i got a show with a therapist so I'm, I'm good all right uh so i'm kind of processing as positive thinking isn't necessarily positive thinking as much as it is dealing with negative thinking you could look at it like that or about ba or balancing the negative thoughts or the negative perceptions that you have well, even before you get there, there is so much. Um, I used to say this with my kids, and somewhere they're rolling their eyes, and I don't know why. But it was something I worked on with them all the time. I, my big thing was don't give me any unnecessary hard. You know, there's enough necessary hard. I don't need the unnecessary hard. Yeah. And a lot of times with me, the frustration I feel with people is why are we talking about this Facebook post at 10 o'clock at night? Right? Why are we talking about this? It has nothing to do with either of us. It'll still be there in the morning. I got things to deal with. Yeah. You know, and it's just swatting away the easy stuff. If you just start swatting away the easy stuff or, you know, why does the vet, you know, why do I have to do a drop up with the vet? Well, you just do, you know, just, just 
just go with it. You just well, do. Well, it's hard change that goes to yeah. change, right? P- but that's so small. It's, it's such a small. It's such a quick light switch of attitude between fretting about doing in this particular instance dropping off the dog for a vet between churn, churning on that for the it's, next week until the appointment is, or just saying it's just the way it is. I got to. I got to deal you, with it. It yeah. might be simple and easy, but right, Some, something that's very simple and easy for us is not simple right. and easy for the next person because of the way that they have their view around how that's a you know change. Mm-hmm. They lose control. Yeah. It's something totally new and different that they don't like. It's external. Someone's giving. You know, I mean, there's so many pieces that push on the right. emotional center of the body, brain, and the connection that a person has to really wrap their head around. So it's easier to complain about it, yeah. complain or, you know, say something that's negative about it because it, it sort of kind of encompasses a way to get control or defense mechanism around all those externals that they don't have right. any control over because it protects them from the anxiety. Because imagine, just take the, the change factor. I used to be able to go into the vet, be able to, drive, you know, be with my I, dog, yeah. do all those things. Now all of that's taken away from me and I don't know how to manage that and that feels really out of control and out of my power and all these things. So being able to say, like, this is ridiculous and how could this happen? And it, that gives this person sense of something because they're speaking it, they're airing it out. And, yeah. you know, I'm always encouraging people to advocate for themselves. But yeah. there's also a sense of you can advocate and there is also rules and there's change and getting used to an adjustment. Do it productively, though. Right. To be yeah. able to process productive, you know, and that's coming back to the beginning when I use productive instead of positive. When you use a productive mindset you're using something that's action oriented. The, the difference between saying just do it and doing it is the difference between someone who's actually getting into a healthier mindset versus a non-healthy mindset. It's actually, are you doing an action that's making it productive? So people get caught up in you know, all the cliches about the yep. positivity when in fact it's really not about being positive, it's about being productive. Taking your situation, good, bad, or indifferent, and how do you make it productive for yourself so that you don't suffer? Right. So function despite your dysfunction. So let's tie a couple episodes together and let's set an intent for a day. Yes. Of swatting away, swatting away uh, useless negativity, unnecessary well, so, but harm. Now, I was gonna say, but now yeah. you have to, but then you have to define what is useless and what is unnecessary. Well, see, for... that's part of the process because <laughs> once you start, once you start collating your negativity yeah. into productive and non-productive. Right. Then you you ha- you gain the ability to ignore the non-productive. Right. 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 Well, yeah, y- you would hope. Yeah. Well, ultimately, <laughs> yeah. Again, it's baby steps. Yes. But certainly, there's something that's going to come up to you in your day or the next couple of days that is going to aggravate you, and you're going to have the ability to say, "Okay, well, yeah, it it is what it is." To quote Bill. Exactly. <laughs> to go back to Bill all the time. And, and I it and is I what think it is. the react so. Yes to all those things, and yeah. and I think that if if you take that and you can teach kids, if your parents listening and you you can teach kids that skill early, so that it's not this everything's an overreaction to everything, so that there's a, a mindset shift. That well, would be to great. kids, everything is ex, existential, and yes. that's the first ledge you have to talk them off of. Yes, you're going to be okay if you don't get that fudgical. Yes, right, you're going to be okay. Right, well, and, and and being able so in, in putting it in perspective. So really quick story. So for all the for all the children out there that know me that are listening to the story <laughs> that I'm about to throw them all under the bus for. So yeah. the other night, <clears throat> I have some some children in my life that uh, at 11 o'clock at night, one went home 
and mm -hmm. two stayed with me. Yeah. And I get a, the phone call comes from home that the two that were with me had done something. Uh-oh. <laughs> they had done something to his room. Okay. And the flurry of crazy that was around this, like, oh, blah, blah, I'm going to do this to you. And, I, and so I get on the phone and I'm like, is it, who, who did it hurt? Is it going to like be the end of the world? Like yep. I gave it perspective and, and it calmed down. And then the next day, the one that went home was like, I don't know why I get so upset over that after you put it like that. Yeah. And you know, young teenage just coming into, but he had a moment of, huh, because he's so ingrained in drama and chaos yeah. and that whole thing. And the other two fed off of it and, you know, defense and all this stuff. But it's about really setting that tone in people's lives um, about get perspective. I mean, yeah. did anyone get hurt? Did anyone die? Yes, it was wrong what they did. However, what are you going to do about it now? And really taking the steps to like think about that so that it gets a productive mindset so you don't have that. Now you spin forward to an adult who has lived like that all the way up through and now they're 40 and they're still doing that. Right. That's the, you know, <laughs> now oh. you got to... You gotta work on backing that yeah. whole process down a lot, but well, that's why teenagers I say have that. teenagers have some biological excuses right. too, right? For that type of behavior, exactly. Where a forty-year-old shouldn't, doesn't. Well, <laughs> but people are trained. Yeah. They've trained themselves yeah. into the pattern, and patterns. You know, the pattern that you know is better than the pattern that you don't. Even if it's the devil, you know, the better the you know the the devil you don't. And so people don't believe. They don't have the self-efficacy to generate the hope, to generate the resiliency in themselves, to believe that they have the optimistic side that things will work out. Because what they've always done, many times or always, is they they don't have a lot of hope. Their self-belief is eh, because yep. everything's, everything's always bad. Yep. And then, you know, the resiliency isn't there to feel, you know, it's there but not enough. And then it's like the rock and roll between pessimistic versus non-productive. And then it's hard to move it because, you know, it's the difference between being... I always love Winnie the Pooh. I use Winnie the Pooh with my clients. <laughs> okay. So Eeyore yep. versus Tigger. So Eeyore is the, why bother going out when you just have to come back, yep. right? Yep. Versus Tigger, who's like, I'm going to go out. I'm going to do the world. Ah. And now it's like, okay, now you got to find the balance. And who's the balance in Winnie the Pooh? Piglet, yep. Wise Owl, Christopher Robin, right? Yep. So it's like being able to really understand how do you balance those extremes together so they can be healthy so i take a little e or a little tigger and try to <laughs> see you're going to use it you're going to think about this I, all day now no i there's an aspect of this i already like and we've talked about it before which yeah. is basically getting out of your mind stepping yeah. back from your mind yeah. and and looking at these emotions as well used to be the devil and the angel on your shoulder right and you can look at it as eeyore and piglet if you want to is that thought an eeyore or a piglet Right. And how do I deal with it? Right. You know, instead of I'm not involved in this negativity, my mind is throwing this negativity at me. So. So so the tip would be like, if everyone who's listening knows really about Eeyore, Piglet, Tigger, Wise Owl, and we stay with, you know, utilizing the integration of other shows, mindfulness, intentional, purpose living, why, right? Yep. Is, you know, the past four shows is really taking it to your goal is always to go towards being Wise Owl. Yeah. Are you making your best choice? based on all the information versus the feared information versus the unknowns versus the scary stuff versus all that uncontrolled stuff wise owl would weigh it all and figure out how to have some hope look for the hope have the self-belief that it can be different or better 
have the resiliency there because the person's strong. People are strong and they just don't give themselves credit. And then be able to have optimism, which is, okay, now I can act on something productive to make this better for myself. Wise Owl is is who we want to be more like, right? Because right? it's a person who has the thought of taking both sides and integrating them and making the, the positive attitude shift to become really action-oriented to make a person's movement better in life. And that's, it's hard. People always say, it's so hard. Yeah, but it was hard. Get People don't realize where you are and if you're in a negative spot, that was hard. Yep. You got there not just overnight. Right. <laughs> you paid your dues to get into a negative crappy spot. So in to get into a good spot, you got to pay some dues to get there. But if you really want it, I should say, and if you really want it, you will do it. How and about... There are no pills and that's the reliance. That's the thing about the pill usage is there yeah. are no easy fixes to these things. How about um, as a start and a baby step, how about labeling? How about what? How about labeling? Okay. And if we want to use the analogy we just used, is that a wise owl thought? Is that a piglet thought? Or is that a exactly an eo thought? Yes. And you're not requiring the person, you're not sending them out, requiring them to change their behavior, right. change their outlook, change their attitude. All right. you're saying is take a look at that thought, thought and identify is. it. Right. Is that hey, hey. unnecessarily negative? Is that unnecessarily positive? Or right. is that a balanced thought? Right. So so that that technique is one I use with many clients mm -hmm. is I say, is that more of a piglet thought? Is that yeah. more of an Eeyore thought? And, and, and where do we want to go? And generating that, that's a great way for people actually to understand if they know the framework of, of that show or that right. character sp space. And they can't so, come back with, I, I, I tried it, it didn't work yeah. because it's not supposed to work it's not an effort it's just it's awareness and awareness it's, is the beginning exactly. of everything it's, and it's just awareness yeah. so that you can catch yourself enough of the time to make it change or make it different for yourself and using um so why so wise owl follows along with what we dbt dialectical behavior therapy and mindfulness-based therapy is all about wise choice making your wise mind versus your not wise mind yeah so wise owl fits in there beautifully which is one of the reasons why i use it because we actually have um good validity around using that therapy strategy it's just using the terminology like you just said and i and i use the wise owl and yeah. say wise owl not wise owl yeah you know especially with teenagers I even mean, more great basic way to train yeah. Yeah. teenagers into is that what Wise Al would do? I often, it's amazing how many kids don't know Christopher Robin and Winnie the Pooh these oh, days. Oh, no, it's not amazing. So, so I have to revert to other things. So the other one is is Wizard of Oz. So I'll use the characters in Wizard of Oz as, you know, the Tin Man yeah. and the Lion and Dorothy. And like, and, and who, you know, who do you want to be in there and where's your thought process? Is it, because again, it's very similar. Who's the Wise Owl and Wizard of Oz? Um, um. The man behind the green oh, curtain. The wizard. And Glenda the Good Witch. Glenda the Good Witch. Glenda the Good Witch is a wise owl. Yeah. Right? So so the frames of reference are much easier for people to shift to because, and this is what I'm going to say too, is that behavior will change on its own if you change the thought. Right. Exactly. Behave, you don't have, people are like, I got to change my behavior. I got to, and you know, parents will say, you got to change your behavior. That's parenting that doesn't work. Right. It's you have to get your kid or yourself to figure out what thought you're having or what thought pattern you're having to maneuver yourself into feeling a different way, which is healthy. And that's usually through wise mind choices, wise mind decisions, wise, wise mind awareness. And the behavior comes. Thoughts and feelings act together to change right. behavior. Period. So if you tell people to identify their thoughts as 
an Eeyore thought, an unnecessarily negative thought, right. for example, as soon as they start doing that, they're going to start swatting them away. It's yes. just natural. It's just right. behavior changes with awareness. Right. Right? Well, my client, it's funny because my clients will often say they can hear me in their head because I'll do yep. Eeyore. I'll do, I'll do, you know, well, yeah. why bother? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it didn't work. Yeah. And they laugh because it's it's the identifier and the association in the neurological pattern of, wow, one, it's it's good. It's a little good, healthy shame, yeah. <laughs> embarrassment to yeah. be like, you hear what you sound like, right? And then being able to say, oh, my gosh, that's really there so that they can catch it easier to be able to turn it to be more productive. Yeah. Um, but to use that wise owl instead being like, what should I do here? Yeah. What would be a better decision for me? What would be a healthy choice? Because that's how wise yeah. owl would talk. So self-awareness, and again, yeah. it's, a, it's a small step. The labeling of these thoughts is a small step. It doesn't require any work. Nope. And it's not something anyone can fail at. You can right. sit there and look at it, and then your behavior will change automatically. Once Absolutely. You start, once you start collating these thoughts into packages, the way you approach them just changes. Absolutely. Oh, wait a second. That's unnecessarily negative? I haven't got time for that. Exactly. Yeah. And what's, and what's the point at the end and of the day of worrying point? about yeah. that? What's yeah. the point at the end of the day? Is anyone going to, I would say, is anyone going to die? Did yeah. anyone die? Did anyone suffer? No, but you did if you keep doing that because you're wasting all that time on something that, yeah. you know, If you, you give it no three more days, is it going to change? And right. it's not going to change. Right. You just, yeah. And I don't know, maybe that leads to more negative thoughts. But yeah, labeling, start with labeling. Yeah, start deciding who you are as a character in Winnie the Pooh. That's what they tell you as an early meditation technique, too. Yes. When your thoughts come by, label them and let them go. Yes, label yeah. them and let them go. But I think that's, again, too too abstract. So when you use a metaphor, oh, like, yeah. like, like, I like that. You know, yeah. using Eeyore, Tigger, and so on and so forth, you know, most of my ADD kids are Tiggers. You know, I'm like, oh, we got to use a little wise mind because Tigger gets you in trouble, right? Because Tigger get does to, get you in trouble. We've got to come up with a better set of avatars, though, because... <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Some more modern ones. I know. <laughs> um, so, so if people need to take a tip away for yes. today, which people ask for, is is we're going to do the hero tip. So it's is is having hope in yourself, which is the efficacy. So H for hope, the the efficacy for self, the self belief, which brings resilience. Your strength is already there. You just have to have some more of the belief in it, yep. which leads to the optimism, and that means you'll have more productive thoughts which will lead to the behavior change which will give you productive or positive attitude um and 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 maybe a little a little wise owl a little <laughs> tigger and a little eeyore combined yeah right just label for a I while so, Everyone, so go out take and be a, a wise owl today yes that's hey th I'm, this is gonna be my new thing i do this with clients all the time and now i'm like oh i'm gonna do wise owl every week the wise owl tip of the day Ooh, i like to, it is to be a hero Yep. Hope, efficacy, resilient, and optimistic. I like it. Right? A wise owl tip. New feature. I know. You have to remind me. I'll forget. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting old. All right. Oh, please. I know. Hey, I had, to go to the, I had to go to my negative place for one second. There you go. That's right? a neo thought right there. Um, hey, so everybody have a great week. You have a great week. You too. Go out and be wise owls. And I will see you next week. Oh, check out past episodes of uh, oh, Your yeah. Daily Game Face here on the D Your Daily Game Fa yes, Facebook here on page. Your Daily Game Face. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, most podcast outlets. All the good places. Yep. All the good places. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great week.